The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. Hi, this is Rev. Jackie Fernandez, and we are live from the sacred grounds of Unity Village at the sixth floor of the wonderful tower, and I'm so excited to have in the studio with me today Rev. Teresa Burton. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here. I should say welcome back, because you and Ellen were, I think, were the first guests I had when I took the show from Ellen. Actually, she gave it to me. I should say I took it. She handed it over with a bow wrapped. Um, so welcome back. Well, thank you. Yes. I And I invited you. You are, let me say, of course, for those who don't know, the editor of Daily Word magazine, our banner publication. Yes. Yeah. And it's been wonderful to have you on board. So has it been six months? It's been seven months. It's been seven months. Okay. Yeah. It's wonderful to have you as a colleague, and you've been a great addition to our department. And, of course, you know, that that role of editor for Daily Word magazine is no small undertaking. I'm finding that out. But it's it's just been a marvelous experience, and I'm just – I'm so happy to be here, and it's such a wonderful atmosphere and just such a great way to serve unity. Ah, yes. So you hail from the West Coast. I do. As do I. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love having that in common. Um, you know, hearing you talk about San Francisco and all of that. Um, and I, so I'm just going to give a brief bio of you because, well, you know, for those who aren't familiar, um, okay. you were ordained, of course, at Unity uh, Worldwide Spiritual Institute yes. in 2018. And um, in, um, let's see. You were licensed as a teacher in 2014. Yes. Okay. And at Uni- and served at Unity San Francisco. Yes. And who was the minister there? Uh, Reverend Ken Daigle. Yeah. Is, and he's the still there. there. Yes, yes, he's he still is. there. So you were serving yeah. with him, and now he's uh, on, serves on the board here at Unity World Headquarters. Yes, he does. So it's, it's a small Unity World. It is. <laughs> it is so much. Um, you're, of course, a natural communicator, so a good one to have on the show. And um, you've enjoyed a career in publishing for more than 20 years. Yes. And you, you know, I think impressively came up through the ranks, really. Right? I, I did. I did. And that's a, it's, a, it's a good way to learn just how much is involved in, in, getting, in getting a piece of writing or any piece of communication from someone's mind onto someone's screen or onto a page. It takes a lot of effort and the talents of a lot of people. Yes. Yes, it does. And you do it so beautifully. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Um, but now, okay, you're originally from the East Coast. I am. I'm from the Baltimore, Washington area okay. originally. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have, I'll, I'll we don't stick have with the West Coast story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love here. So in your bio, um, of course, you're calling Kansas City home, but you enjoy film, cooking and baking, and time spent with friends and animals. Yes. And so I have to ask, because we are coming upon the Christmas season, we are in Christmas season is in full swing. Let's be we real. Are. Um, what's your favorite Christmas movie? 
You know, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I, I enjoy all kinds of movies, but I always go back to It's a Wonderful Life. It's just not oh. Christmas yeah. without It's a Wonderful Life. And you know, whenever it's playing in repertory theaters, which it does occasionally, yeah. Yeah. I really like going to see it. It's uh, it, you know, it's just nice. a different experience to see it on the big screen, yeah. even though you can anticipate the dialogue and you know what's going to happen and you know how it ends. It's just still a magical experience. Familiar. Yeah. And so much of uh, Christmas is about that. Right. Yes. And so my favorites, I have two. Okay. And I, because I have to name Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. which might be arguably not a Christmas movie. I don't know, but it's totally a Christmas. Oh, film, it totally right? is. Yeah. And so we we kick off the Christmas season in my home with that film, mm-hmm. and um, and then Elf. I love Elf. It's you know Will Ferrell. It's hilarious. Yes. And um, so those are my favorites. Elf is a lot of fun, and just a special shout out for Bob Newhart, who is now over ninety years old. Right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Very good. Well, I feel like we should open. We're going to talk about Advent today, the beauty of Advent. Um, you know, Unity publishes um, an Advent booklet every year, and this year is Christmas in my heart, Christmas in my hands. And as I was sort of thumbing through it, uh, looking for potential guests, I, of course, <laughs> noticed that you uh, wrote the main uh, Sunday Advent articles. And so I thought, oh, well, let's just get Teresa on the show. Okay, let's okay, go. So yeah. we're here, and I feel like we should open with a Christmas story and just really set the tone. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Okay, great. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, I mean, talk about drama, right? I love this. I love this. Okay, a heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Beautiful. That gets me every time. Yeah. That's one of my family's uh, traditions. You know, we would set up the nativity, and someone, my mom would ask someone to read the story mm-hmm. and it, we would sit with that yeah, yeah a beautiful story so advent yes backs us up from this birth story mm-hmm. right yes. and is about the time of preparation it comes from the latin word 
um, meaning arrival, yes. a time for what is coming. So, so talk to me about um, your approach to writing for Advent. Well, my approach to writing for Advent, I was I was invited to write the essays for the Sundays, and I really I was I was really intrigued by our theme this year for Advent, which is Christmas in my heart, Christmas in my hands. So what what we're trying to do with uh, with the messages I wrote and with the entire booklet is to is to just remind people and maybe inspire people that you know Christmas is so much more than than going to church and singing the songs and reading the passages. We love those things. Those yeah. things are important. Yes. They give us a lot of meaning and a lot of happiness. But at the same time, if we remember what unity teaches, which is that life doesn't just happen to us, life is happening through us. It's a process of, of creation. It's a process of co-creation. So if I want these gifts of Advent, if I want to claim them and not just sing about them or read about them or talk about them, how can I really live them? And that's what I tried to do when I when I was writing these. You know, what is if I if I want to if I want to feel and believe, if I want to have faith, what can I do to bring that about? If I want to know the peace of the season, what can I bring to all of my circumstances that are going to help me feel that peace, etc. Yeah. Well, you're talking about practical Christianity, right? I am. Which is to me, yes. you know, like that's that's where the rubber meets the road is like, OK, this is what we think. This is what we believe. Maybe this is how we experience God. But what does it mean for me in my life? Exactly. Like, how do I move move through life and, and in life with uh, in a way that that is meaningful and, and puts um, puts these two tools to to use? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so for. um Advent, you know, speaking of unity beliefs, you know, we go to that metaphysical interpretation, which, you know, lifts the the story of the birth of Christ. You know, I heard um, Reverend Nancy Worth. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I'm not. She, um, she's retired, I think, in Hawaii now. Um, but uh, she had said that um, the Christmas story is Christianity's great gift to the world. And I use that like I like that's present in my mind all the time um, because I, I'm like, yes, yes, it is. It's that story of God, of the divine being birthed, you know, through and into humanity. Yes. And it is such a, a tremendous uh, remembering. Yes. Um, and and then something that we can experience in the moment that it's not just something that was left at Bethlehem, you know, that it's something that can happen within us. And um, and it, it is that process of really opening to the divine um, within, you know, us individually. And what I, I, I love what you just said. And what I'd like to add to that is that you know, one of the things that makes the Christmas season so magical is that it is very much a personal story. It is very much yes. about our growth and our development as much as it also is a communal experience. And that's why, you know, Christmas is so is so much fun and is so joyous to share in community in spiritual community and also in secular community. You know, yeah. we, we, we all have our we have our societal customs as much as we have our familial and our personal customs. Uh, you know, there's a reason that people go out into the cold weather to watch the yeah. lighting of a Christmas tree or that they like to stand outside when it's cold and dark and and, and sing songs. That that these that these acts remind us of of our of our spirituality, but also our humanity yes. and our togetherness and all that we share. And and it's just, it's beautiful to see all of that come together as we bring these rituals to life 
year after year after year. Yeah, it really is. And it's that, you know, that time where we seem, uh, it seems ripe. We seem ripe, you know, at heart and soul for for different experiences like healing, yes. for, uh, you know, uh, ex- experience of forgiveness, for, you know, moving beyond any um, blocks that we have put into our human experience of, of being that full potential of, of the Christ yes. that, that but, we are born to be. Yeah, and this year, it, it just really seems like we are all just in it together with our positive expectancy that together we're able to transcend our humanness yeah. so much more easily than we can yeah. in in our solitude that and, and in in other times of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it really is a magical time. It is. And you know magic might not be like a spiritual principle <laughs> necessarily yeah. but it cer- certainly is an adjective that describes the experience. You know sometimes we're we're looking and open to the miracle. Yes. At other times of year we might might not be as open to it, but we really just come in. I think it's that power, like you're talking about, of community, of coming together. It's not uh, we're we're called out of our own heads, yeah. you know, headspace and and patterns and rhythms of life, yeah. and we're called to have a collective experience. And we are, and I, and I think in doing that, we're teaching ourselves a powerful lesson. If we could only remember it once we turn the right. page on the calendar, that that you know what we focus on in consciousness is going to show up. Uh, in our lives. And yeah. and if we focus on community, if we focus on togetherness, if we focus on peace on earth, goodwill to all, we can actually not just experience it in a in a transient kind of way, we can create it for ourselves yes. and for one another. And, you know, when the trees come down and the lights get put away, that doesn't have to stop. Yeah. And and that to me is the magic of Christmas. Right. And, and I think magic, magic is a, excuse me, is a very apt word. Yeah. That, you know, there is magic, but the key to that is we are the ones who are creating it. Yes. I love it. So our Advent booklet, which you can still get, I I think, or maybe we're out. I shouldn't, I shouldn't engage false advertising here but you can check unity.org if you're interested in yes and we should think positively (laughs) about still being able to get one yes christmas in my heart christmas in my hands and so it you know of course this is a booklet that follows calendar um, through advent yes and um the specific articles that you wrote are for the sunday um issues and i love how um are the sunday articles i love how we include hope and faith you know of course traditionally the first sunday of advent is hope but unity um tends to use faith and there's great discussion and debate among <laughs> leadership in unity of you know the ministers about you know which is the correct word to use and and people some people have very strong feelings not everyone yeah. um i tend to not feel as strongly about it um i love how hope and faith work together yes. and um so I'm, I'm curious what you think about that about how they work together well that and if you have a preference I don't know that I prefer one over the other. I mean, to me, it's like, what do you like better, the sun or the moon? Yeah. Or what do you like better, day or night? I mean, they are they are a cohesive whole together that we begin in hope. You know, we, we have to be able to, to conceive of something that doesn't yet exist. We have to be able to conceive of it before we can begin to start believing that it can come about. Yeah. You know, we... If um, if we only if we only believed in what actually is manifest in our lives, then how would we grow? How would we how could we create? You know, we have to be able to have that spark of, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful? I just I hope that something like that could happen and then build thought substance around that hope and then believe in that. 
And that is where faith enters the picture. I I see hope as the foundation Mm -hmm. upon which faith can be built. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's it it sparks that vision, you know, that you're describing, right? If you know, the uh, sort of the opposite of faith is seeing is believing, right? I believe it when I see it. Right. That's not faith. Right. You know. Um. But before we can get there, you know, we need that vision, and hope can be that spark and that thing that we hold on to. Um. Maybe another way to describe it is just a little breath of optimism. Right. That there's something that can be, you know, and then that can activate faith. Absolutely. I, I, I remember, I don't know if it was from Alice in Wonderland or Just What by Lewis Carroll, but mm-hmm. that quote about, you know, I, I believe six impossible things before breakfast. Yes, I love you know, it. <laughs> you know, and, and we have to have, we have to have those, those crazy notions, those, you know, wouldn't it be incredible if this could happen? You know, in, in my lifetime, would I have would I have dreamed that we'd be talking about sending civilians into space or cars driving themselves and, right. and things like that? I mean, those those were those were things that showed up in science fiction novels, and now yes. they're and now it's on the evening news. And yes. you know, somebody had to be crazy or kooky enough to think of that mm-hmm. and and begin and and again activate the faith principle to believe that it actually could happen. So I, I think I think hope is important and I think it's powerful and potent. Yes. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. So um, in your article, um, you know, you asked some really good questions. Do you believe in possibility or do you believe in limitation? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in prosperity or lack? Do you believe in health or sickness? And I think those are such important questions to ask because those kinds of those are the kinds of questions that I refer to as interrupters. Yes. You know, like we, we just get into um, patterns and habits of thought and um, and attitude, I'll say, even, you know, that creates yes. an attitude. Sure. And to sort of interrupt um, is to ask ourselves those questions, you know, do you believe in possibility or do you believe in limitation? What's what's your focus right now? How do how do these questions function for you? They function for me as just a. As a, as a reminder that I need to do almost a constant mental and spiritual house cleaning mm. because, you know, it, it's very easy to for the human mind to run two simultaneous programs. We all know mm-hmm. what to say. We all know, yeah. you know, we those of us in unity, we've all read the books. I think, you, you know, you probably have the same books on your oh, bookshelves sure. as I have on mine. Yeah. So we, we've all read it. But but often, you know, these things that are that are inculcated in us by by society or by the company we keep or from our families of origin, if we really start peeling that onion, we might be surprised to learn mm-hmm. some of the things that we actually believe. Yeah. You know, so it, it's an important um, it's important to do that kind of self-inquiry about if, if you see things going on in your life, things that are showing up that maybe you don't want and you catch yourself saying things like, well, why does this always happen? You know, instead of making that rhetorical Use that as a spiritual tool and, and really and really get into your thought processes of okay, why is this happening? Right. What have I what have I have going on inside? Right. That it's, is that is uh, attracting me to certain situations. Right. And I want to be very clear and just mention a little bit of metaphysical malpractice. Mm-hmm. I am I am absolutely not saying that that we are the sole cause of the more unpleasant circumstances in our lives. 
Not at all. I mean, we we live. We are intentional beings living in a random universe. Yeah, all kinds That's of things. A really good way to put yeah. it. All kinds of things can happen to all kinds of people, and it's and it's very important not to use words like like it's my fault or I or I drew this to me or any kind of thing like that. But we do have the power in ourselves to choose how we're going to deal mm-hmm. with what shows up, and that's where our spiritual tools really come into play. And, you know, if we want to experience, let's just say if we're having a prosperity challenge, mm-hmm. you know, do we do we think that, you know, other people get the breaks all the time? Do we think that, um, you know, a prosperous or a fulfilling life is for other people but not for me? You know, when when we when we really start uncovering those some those uh, those programs that we might be running from mm-hmm. early life, from childhood, from our families, et cetera, we might be surprised at some of the beliefs that we're actually holding. Yeah. And that all impacts, you know, what uh, like the affirmations we create, but but whether we believe them and how we believe them, how deeply we take them in. Yes. And so it's really important to sort of unpack all of that. Yes. Um, and I love, thank you for presencing that metaphysical malpractice, you know, because it can be sort of a shortcut to actually doing the spiritual work is like, well, it's my fault. I could just keep bringing, you know, this kinds of bad relationships into my life or I, I just keep, you know, um, I'm the one that's always in error without recognizing that that random universe part. Um, but it's not it's not uh the circumstances, it's the experience that we create in whatever the circumstances are yes. that is our opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And and that's where we can really exert control. And that's where the, the faith piece can really can really come into play. And we can we can decide that, you know, yes, I've been creating a belief around something that I don't want to see happen. And then realize at that moment that I have the power to believe something else. And then we use our other spiritual tools of prayer, meditation, denial, affirmation, all of those things. And it's like we're we're, re-wi- we're rewiring the circuits yes. around yes. that. And then, you know, life begins. Life is lived from within and it goes without. And when we make those changes, then we start seeing the circumstances in our lives change. And the only other point I want to add to that is it's just really necessary if you're going to do that self that kind of self inquiry to just be be gentle and yeah. loving and patient with yourself and and to not see maybe an outworn belief as as a mistake or something to blame yourself for or any kind of thing like that you know just with love and compassion and understanding just be patient with yourself and loving and forgiving with yourself as you say okay i want a different kind of life and I'm ready to believe a different kind of thing. Yes. Amen. Yes. Preach. <laughs> Very good. I love this. Um, at the heart of this hope is belief. Mm-hmm. It's a belief that we are preparing for peace, love, joy, is, and it's on its way to us. This belief is the power of faith at work. Yes. So it's that really anchoring into those gifts and powers that, that are on their way to us and Whenever we allow them. So rather than, you know, beating ourselves up for ways that we have blocked the flow, um, we just move and open and, and allow that flow to come in. And then, and then we're with that. Yes, exactly. And there's, there's a phrase in, in modern language that speaks so beautifully to that, and that is we just get out of our own way. Yes. We get out of our own way. 
Uh, if you remember the end of The Wizard of Oz, which I, I, I happened to catch the end of as I was flipping the dial over the weekend, and that's you always had the power to go home. Yes. And Dorothy says, well, why didn't you tell me? And the witch says, well, you wouldn't have believed me. Mm-hmm. But you'll believe me now. Yeah. You have faith in this now. Yes. And now when you activate that faith faculty, it's not like it's rushing in from somewhere it hasn't been. It's just that you have new eyes to see it. Yeah. And you're able to behold it in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah, that awareness. Yeah. And, and then with that comes understanding and wisdom and all of those gifts that we can then take yes. with us. Yes. Yeah, that's lovely. So um, on this day of Advent, you offer I, um, this affirmation. I practice seeing beyond circumstances and behold the Christ light in myself and everyone I know. I place my faith in the truth until it fills my consciousness and becomes my life, which is exactly everything you just said. Yes. In just one. <laughs> that worked out. <laughs> but in just one sentence, one affirmation. And that's just a nice little call out box right there to, to use as a tool. You know, like you said, you know, we want to offer tools for how to put these thoughts and ideas into practice. And there yes. it is. I practice seeing beyond circumstances. Yes. Love it. Yes. Okay. So um, it's almost time for the break. Um, And when we come back, I want us to get into, of course, the second Sunday of Advent, which we just had. So we're in the second week um, is peace. And then the third is love. And of course, the fourth is joy, which I'm going to save primarily. We might touch upon it, but uh, for next week, because I'm going to do the whole the whole show on joy next week. Um, But we'll kind of talk through some more um, tools that we can use as we move through this process that we this journey of Advent, um, which, you know, I love what you said. It's about the getting after it, not waiting for the Christ child to come to us, but, you know, as the shepherds were instructed to go to them, to go see, to go find the child and you will see when you get there and all will be made known to you. Yes. Which is exactly the journey that we're talking about. Yeah. And what a beautiful journey it is. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It really is. And so um, we will come back in just a few minutes and um, I'm going to, I'm going to, jump ahead just a second and leave with our second affirmation Um, on this day of Advent for peace. I resolve to live with an open, forgiving heart and bless others, family, friends, and even strangers with my peaceful presence. And I want to do that so that we have time as, as you know, our listeners are enjoying the break, you know, that we're just kind of moving and in that movement of hope and faith and peace, you know, it's just, um, it's almost like stepping stones, you know, through the journey. It is. What I want to add to that is that is that peace is very much an inside job and I wrote about that in my article too that it's it's nice to see images of peaceful scenes but it all starts within. Yes. So we're going to talk more about peace when we come back after the break. Great. I'm Reverend Linda Martella-Witset with Silent Unity, reminding you that we are here for you during the holidays to support you with affirmative prayer and inspiration. From all of us at Silent Unity, we wish you a beautiful and blessed holiday season. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. 
This is Reverend Jackie, and I'm back with Reverend Teresa Burton, editor of Daily Word magazine. And we've been talking about the beauty of Advent and the journey that we take, um, you know, this time of year and really um, opening to the gifts of Christmas. Yes. Beautiful stuff. So many gifts. And so we kind of left off on peace and, um, you know, having started with hope and faith um, together. And, You know, you use a quote by Eric Butterworth, one of my favorites. (laughs) Things may happen around you and things may happen to you, but the only things that matter are the things that happen in you. Yes. And and the reason that that's true is that the things that happen in you, in other words, how you react and respond to things, that's the only thing you have any real control over. And, Ugh. and, and you know, <laughs> so, some of us, uh, some of us learn that easily for, for others of us, it might take a little while to learn that. But when we take responsibility, and, and this is, this is probably my favorite paradox, when we take responsibility for our responses, our reactions, our attitudes, our ideas, etc., that's really what what sets us free. That's the beginning of knowing true freedom. Yes. Is saying, okay, that's on me. Yeah. How I respond, how I react, how I feel, what I think. Yep. That is where that's where the rubber meets the road for me. Yeah. Because I can't change you. I can't wave a wand to make the traffic go away. I can't, you know, find the short line that nobody else is in. <laughs> right? I and, and believe Especially me, this time of year. Yeah, and I've tried, but <laughs> yeah. it but it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, so. and that's such an important, you know, I love that you, you know, call the paradox out of that. Um because it, it so often feels like if I take if I'm taking responsibility, especially for something that um, I feel out of control about, um, that it will be the end of me. Right. You know, the end of either what um, what hope I might be holding on to to have something better experience, something that I want. Um it's just so much easier to blame, put the blame out there and absolve ourselves from responsibility. Yes. Um, because part of what comes with that is um, fear. Yes. This might put, this might be the end of everything, you exactly. know, and instead what happens when you get there is just what you're talking about. Yeah. Because, Freedom. because, you know, what we tell our, what we tell ourselves and what we've learned over the years is that what we're, what we're giving up is control. And that's not true because what we're giving up is the illusion yes. of control. And, you know, if if the people out there listening don't hear anything else in the show but that, hear that. We're giving up the illusion that we had any control over circumstances or what other people do or say or think or behave. Yeah, We don't have it. We never had it. We can't get it. <laughs> Are we clear? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, responsibility is such a heavy sounding word uh, yeah. that, that I think people just kind of turn off to the idea of having mm-hmm. to assume responsibility for anything else because we already feel so responsible. But but in that responsibility lies lies our freedom. Yes. Our freedom to to not to not carry the burdens of things that happen, of other people's attitudes, of of you know conflicts that we that we may be in or just may be near, that we can just be above it, and when we're above it, it's a lot easier to move beyond it. Yeah, well, and responsibility doesn't sound like peace. No, like responsibility sounds like I'm going to make some waves. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to maybe push myself or others out of their comfort zone if I'm, you know, if I'm taking responsibility for my experience, right. my words, my attitudes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to 
probably make some changes and they might be small. They might be enormous, you know, so it does not sound like a, something that belongs in the conversation about peace. No, it sounds like work. It sounds like work. (laughs) Ah, I want peace to just be easy breezy, you know, uh, and the results, you know, that, that peace, um, <laughs> it's the letting go of that fight to maintain the illusion. Right. Right. That's yes. that's the piece that comes. That the easy flow is that now we're in the flow of of good, of strength, of creativity, of all of those things instead of that grip that we hold on um to the illusion. Yes. Yes. And and oh my goodness, do we hold on to it? We hold on to it because if if only if only they would be different. <laughs> right. Then we we'd have we'd have peace all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, and you know they they are who they are and they are going to do what they are going to do and and the peace that we want really can't come from anywhere but inside us. But mm-hmm. you know, but the, the hopeful news and and I think the really happy news in that is that when when we get that and when we can really begin to to live that, then just like. Just like attitudes of of agitation and anger are infectious, they spread around us. You know what it's like to be in the presence of somebody who is just really serene and really peaceful. Have you noticed that that you just crave their company mm-hmm. and you just want to be around them yes. because you feel better? Yes. You know, and it's contagious. It is. It is. And. And you know because we want that, we mm-hmm. recognize that as something as something healthy and something beautiful and something desirable, and it's nice to be around it. So the gift, you know, Christmas in my heart, Christmas yep. in my hands. The, the gift that we bring is to cultivate that peace within us, and then we are that source. We draw people to us who are attracted to our peaceful presences. Yes. It's beautiful, and yeah. it's it's just such a restful place, you know. And what you're resting from is that grip on the illusion, yes. right? Um, and any thought of I have to fight to have this moment, right? You know. Yes. So I love that. You also in your article about peace. Um, here's the other thing that man, it does not sound like peace, <laughs> <laughs> but a key to peaceful living is to practice forgiveness. Yes. As a way of living the truth we know. When we forgive, we are choosing to see beyond circumstance, beyond appearance, beyond our immediate reactions. Through forgiveness, we realize that peace comes from releasing resentments, blame, and frustration, and committing to see the truth in ourselves and others. Yes. Sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so we get there. I see where we get to peace yeah. through forgiveness. But at first, yeah. again, you know, that forgiveness process can be something that is, you know, excruciating. It really can be. And I, I don't mean to make light of it by saying that it's just as easy as, as flipping a switch because I know from my own experience that that it isn't. And I, I don't know that that many people think think this way. And this was one of the points that I wanted to make in this article. But I, I see forgiveness as a spiritual practice every bit as important as prayer or meditation yeah. or the use of affirmations. I don't see it as a one-time, you know, you, you did this bad thing, so I'm going to forgive you kind of thing. I, I just, it's it's an attitude that I like to bring to my life. Some days I'm more successful than other mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for I see forgiveness as a commitment to seeing life a certain way and to engaging life 
a certain way. Now, that doesn't mean that you can run roughshod all over me and I'll say, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But it does mean that I'm going, I'm going to check myself. I'm going to check my reactions and say, okay, you know, what you did or what you said is not who you are. You know, maybe, maybe you're having a rough morning. Right. You know, maybe you're not feeling well. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on that, that caused this reaction that I'm reacting to, mm-hmm. but I know what's going on inside me. So and it comes back to that responsibility. Piece. Yeah, and it comes back to that responsibility and my ability to choose how to respond. Yeah. And I respond by beholding the Christ in you. Yeah. I behold I behold you as somebody who is who is a child of God, every bit as much as I am. You know, and maybe you're not showing up into the fullness of your divinity in this particular moment. But even if you're not, I'm still committed to seeing that in you. Yeah. And I don't need you to be a certain way in order for me to see that. That's beautiful. And, you know, that Christ child grew, you know, to be a man who demonstrated demonstrated exactly what you're talking about, that grace and that forgiveness. Exactly. uh, As a path for love. Exactly. Yeah. Which, wow, hey, love, that's our next Sunday. How, <laughs> how about how that about segue? That? Yeah. You know, it's almost like we scripted it, which we didn't. Yeah. But, you know, there's yeah. a flow. So but I, before we move on to love, I do want to read again sure. the um, affirmation for peace. I resolve to live with an open, forgiving heart and bless others, family, friends, and even strangers with my peaceful presence. I love it. And the scripture from that is Philippians 4, 9. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Yes. The God of peace will be with you. And I just want to say, though, that doesn't mean that you're never going to get ticked off. That doesn't mean that you're never going to, um, you know, feel feel your peace disturbed. But the nice thing about having an ongoing forgiveness practice is you can still go there, but you don't stay there. Yeah. You know, it's I, I liken it and I've given I've given talks on this in churches. If you remember the phenomenon, it's not the phenomenon that it used to be, but if you remember what bungee jumping was <laughs> yeah. that, that somebody would, would strap uh, elastic bands mm-hmm. to their ankles and then plunge off a off a off a great height. But you know, if if you can just picture what that looks like, it's like they go down but then they come right back up. Yeah. And that is what I, that's what I really think the gift of forgiveness is. It's not just mm-hmm. a gift that we give to other people. It's it's really the gift that we give to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That I am not going to carry the weight yes. of my negative reaction. Yes. About you. It is it it's a gift for everybody, but none more so than a gift to the self. I am not going to carry that weight. Yeah. And without that weight I'm free, I'm light, and I'm at peace. Beautiful, beautiful. That release part of it yes. is such a, an important part of the practice. And in order to release it, you, you have to feel it, right? You have to move through it. Yes. Um, otherwise, we just turn to sort of spiritual bypass and, yeah. you know, and the psychological denial, not the spiritual practice right. of denial, you know, where right. we just, you know, we stuff it and it, it's just going to come back. And then we engage war, you know, within ourselves, um, right. you know, with that, but that being able to move through and release it. Right. And, and I also make the, want to make the point too, that true forgiveness is not, 
is not just, you know, taking a high-minded attitude of, well, you were wrong, but I'm going to be the big person and forgive exactly, you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not an ego trip, not at all. You yeah. know, it is, it's just knowing that, you know, if you, if you think about, if you think about the ocean or, or a sea, you know, that, that the waves on the surface are choppy. And then once you go down to a certain depth, they get a lot more still. Mm-hmm. And then once you get down to the ocean floor, they're, they're very still. Yeah. It's, it's the exact same thing. It's that you are focusing your reaction, your mind, and your heart to the stillness of the ocean and not the choppiness of the waves on the surface. Love it. Love that visual. <laughs> that, that really nails it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so love. <laughs> I don't know if I said it like that, but um, our, our affirmation, where, well, there's questions. It's three questions. Where is my perfect place of service? What fills my heart and kindles my love? What gifts do I have to share? So talk to us about how the direction you went with love for Advent as, you know, part of this journey to um, embracing and um, fulfilling our Christ selves. Well, in, in this particular instance, it was the scripture choice that came first. Would you mind sharing that with everybody? Sorry. Sure, that's okay. <laughs> yes. First John three eighteen. Let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. One of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, I use this one a lot. Yeah. I like that too. And, you know, if we want to, again, it's like, it's like faith and it's like, it's like peace. We can write about it, we can sing about it, we can talk about it, and we can think about it. But if we really want to experience, we have to take some kind of action. We have to, we have to take that responsibility to act upon what we know. And I thought, you know, it's, it's nice to, to give gifts and it's nice to give cards and, and certainly hugs and, and all of that. But, you know, if we're really going to give something, if we're really going to give of ourselves. Those gifts are not the ones that are found in stores. The, those really right. are gifts of service. It's it's when, you know, we take our 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 passions and our talents and we figure out, you know, where is where is a need for what fills my heart? You know, where where can I give this and then to give it away. And and as and and, and there's another great paradox there. As we give we do receive, you know, and, and it's like, and it's a metaphysical truth, too, because right. whatever we focus on is going to grow in consciousness. Mm-hmm. So if I serve with love, you know, Jackie knows that, that one of my favorite things to do, particularly this time of year, is bake. And, uh, you know, lots of uh, cookies and quick breads and things like that mm-hmm. have been showing up in mm-hmm. the office. Oh, yeah. I love bake and share. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I I love to bake, and yeah. I love I love um, you know trying different recipes, and I love the way my kitchen smells and all of that. But what if I just kept all of that stuff in my house? You know, that I would mean, be tragic. I mean, I know. I <laughs> I mean, I could eat it and I could enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But what what makes me happy? What what really kindles my love is putting it all in a box and taking it to the office and saying, "Here, this is for you," and sharing it. Yeah. You know, and that and that makes me happy. Much more so than if I just kept it in my house and, and ate it all myself. I mean, that would make me happy, but in a different kind of way. <laughs> right. And and not in a way that would last. So everybody has a gift. Everybody has mm-hmm. a talent. Everybody has something that they care about. 
And whatever that is, the world needs it. Yes. You know, you, you've heard the song, you know, what yes. the world needs now is love, sweet love. Yes. That's not just a syrupy lyric. Mm-hmm. You know, we need love. The world needs love in the form of service, in in the form of, you know, a kind word, in the form of the work of our hands or the work of our minds. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And, you know, because you're, you're talking about that flow of love that um, we can't we can't express love. We can't show it without feeling it right. move through us. You know, we so so in that way, we receive it as we are giving, yes. you know, and sometimes, you know, we might get stuck in a thought pattern of, you know, I'm not loved enough. I don't receive enough love. I don't, you know, experience. I don't, you know, nobody loves me or or the person, the people that I want to love me don't love me. You know, we, we get in that like sort of um, feedback loop. Um, but when we are giving love, when we are demonstrating love, that's how we are bringing it to presence in our lives. Right. And that is uh, the fullness of love that is really unmatchable. I mean, as you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, particularly for those, and, and let, you know, let's just presence this too, that the holidays can be a yeah, hard time yeah. for a lot of people, you know, for, for people who have uh, endured loss, for people who are dealing with either an acute or a chronic sadness. And, you know, if you are that person and you're listening, please do reach out. And if you need help this time of year, please reach out and find it. Uh, there are hotlines available to you, and of course, our Unity's uh, prayer ministry, yes. Silent Unity, mm-hmm. the light that shines for you, twenty-four hours a day. Yes. Give them a call. Um, you know, we we want to we want to support you, and and please find that support if you do need it. Yeah. You know, but if, if you're finding yourself in a place where you wish there was more love in your life, again, it's that locus of control. Mm-hmm. You know, we choose what we believe. Through a forgiveness practice, we can know the peace that we want to see in the world. And if we want to live a life that has more love in it, then we carry the seeds within us to create that world. And we can do that through our loving service. And there are ways to serve for every kind of person with every kind of ability. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I, so I, lo- I love this too. I just keep saying love. The <laughs> impulse to give, to share love doesn't go away after we change calendars and greet the new year. Of course, we don't have to bottle up our loving impulses until the Christmas season comes around again either. We have all heard it's better to give than to receive. However, there may be something even better than the giving of things, the gift of service. Yes. This is what you're talking about. And I want to ask those questions again um, at the end of this article. Where is my perfect place of service? What fills my heart and kindles my love? What gifts do I have to share? Yes. Just the shift in um, thinking of, you know, again, these are like the first questions were like the interrupter questions. These are the um, evoking questions, you know, yes. that really, you know, allow yourself to to bring forward who you are and that that flavor of the divine essence that you are. Yes. And, and I thank you. And I want to say, too, that, you know, as much as organizations like um, like animal shelters or or um, nature groups or things like that would love to have donations of service. Think about the people in your life. You know, think about everybody's on Facebook, everybody's yeah. active on social media. You know, instead of what would it take instead of just if if you if one of your friends for instance is having a hard time, you know, maybe instead of taking a minute to uh, to write a post to them, maybe cook them something and take it over. Mm. You know, if somebody mm-hmm. is is overburdened, 
uh, you know, maybe give them the gift of um, of cooking a meal or saying, you know, can I can I entertain your kids for an afternoon or can I uh, can I walk your dog for you or or something like that. And I think we've all been in this place where maybe we're struggling with something. Maybe we're having a, a time crunch or a money crunch or something like that. And you don't want to ask. Yeah. You, you know, you don't want to say to somebody, you know, I'm really struggling and I need help. It's hard for us. Yeah. So, you know, maybe don't wait to be invited. Maybe don't wait for that need to be articulated. Maybe just say, you know what, I've got a free afternoon. I'm all yours. What do you need? Can, Beautiful. You know, can I go to the store? Yeah. Can I, you know, can I drive you somewhere? What can I do? Beautiful. You know, and just and just be ready to do it. And 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 that love will be reciprocated. It's a ripple effect. You know, it's it's when you when you drop something into into still water and those ripples go out. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a closed loop system that you do something for somebody and then they have to, you know, close that loop by doing something nice for you. When you give, when you serve, you're creating you're creating a field of consciousness. Yeah. And that act is going to reverberate and it's going to cause it's going to kindle that impulse in other people. And then, you know, you at the at the point of power of yourself are actually creating a ripple effect. You are creating a movement. Yes. You know, through your service yes. that that is going to 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 bless and heal more people than you can even imagine. Ah, that's so beautiful and so true. Yeah. That is truth right there. So we are coming to the end of our hour, and I don't want to leave everyone just completely hanging. You know, we um, Joy, again, will be next week's show. We'll be really focused on Joy. I'll have uh, Reverend Myra McFadden, who's been sharing her journey through this cancer experience yes. with us. And um, and she provided our, our annual theme, um, which is Awakening Joy for the month of December back after she first got diagnosed. So we're going to bring her back and talk about that some more and and share that. But I do want to just for completion for this booklet that we've been going through, um, provide the um, affirmation for joy, which is I will start counting my blessings. I might make a daily list or even download a gratitude app to keep track of all I have to be grateful for. I know this will increase my joy. So um, if you haven't had a chance yet, and if they're available, get your hands on an advent booklet. Um, And we can't have the daily word editor on the show without ending with the daily word for today. So would you read that for us? I would be happy to. And, you know, those those who have known and loved the daily word over the years know that sometimes that day's message is just what you need to hear. And in keeping with that, today's daily word is giving, very apropos to our discussion. And I'd like to share it all with you now. Today's word is giving. I give generously from my heart. For many, this is a season of shopping for perfect gifts. The heartfelt desire to give also brings challenges of choosing what to give, finding it, and allocating time and money for shopping. I take this opportunity to examine my true reasons for giving. Am I giving from my heart in celebration and love because I truly want to give? If so, I pray for discernment as I weigh whether it is better to buy a gift give something freshly made in my kitchen, or devote time to someone who will treasure my presence more than any kind of present. As a cheerful giver, I follow the generosity I feel in my heart, seeking no reward from others beyond the joy of giving.
and from James chapter 1, verse 17, Every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And our affirmation again is, I give generously from my heart. I give generously from my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, that was perfect. Yes. You know, as always, yes. always so many times you just open up the word and the daily word and it is exactly what you needed to hear. It's a day. God thing. It's a God <laughs> thing. You know, and we do this, you know, we were just talking about on the break that, you know, we work so far in advance, you know, so it's. Yeah, there's no way we could, you know, conceive of it. <laughs> the yes. perfect timing. We just we trust that flow. Yes, we do. So thank you, Teresa, for being here with us today. My pleasure. And, and thank you for yes. your sacred service and what you do for Daily Word magazine and for Unity and for the world. It is my joy and my honor. And thank you for very much for inviting me. And I just want to to say to all the listeners that uh, I I pray that you have just a joyous, joyous Christmas. Yes, 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 for sure. Thank you so much for that, for that blessing. Um, you know, again, this we've been talking about the beauty of Advent, and we are we are in the midst of having just um, crossed the second Sunday of the Advent season, and um, so I just extend that blessing as well as as we all move together uh, in community through this season and individually, and that um, I invite each of you to open your hearts um, wider. Just a little bit wider today. Just a little bit Just more. a little bit more. And to trust that you are on the journey that you've been called to be on and, and that you will have every every amount of wisdom, every um, strength, every... Um, piece of faith that you need to to move through your journey in just the right way for you and for your family, for your loved ones, your friends, your community, and that as we stay present um, to these opportunities, that this is how we become the ever bright and brighter light in the world, the Christ light. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so this concludes our show today, and I will end the way I always end it. Until next week, tune in and tune up in spirit. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.